All right. So for the month of February, again, being the month of Valentine's Day, we're going to be having a ton of guest speakers from other ministries that we love. And we're just excited to just share on the podcast just uh, some of the things that they have to say this month. Yeah, so much of stuff that we've shared on this podcast previously, we've learned from some of these guys. That is a great Um, point, So we thought it'd be just great to get them to be on the show so you could hear firsthand from some of the movers and shakers in apologetics. Yep, and so enjoy this interview with Brett Kunkel from Maven. This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, an apologetics podcast to help equip Christians to engage the culture through biblical, critical thinking. Your hosts for this podcast are Robbie Lashua and Tyler Hurley. Robbie is pastor of apologetics at Desert Springs Community Church, as well as professor of apologetics, worldview, and ethics at Mission Bible Institute. He is a graduate of Phoenix Seminary, as well as a graduate of the Master's in Christian Apologetics program at Biola University. Tyler is currently earning his undergraduate degree in theology at Grand Canyon University and currently serves as an apologetics intern at Desert Springs Community Church. Hello, welcome to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. I'm your host, Robbie Lashua, and we're excited that you've joined us to continue this month with our special guest. We want to, for the month of February, uh, show some love to our favorite apologists and organizations that are doing some really awesome work for the Lord out there. And today, we have a special guest, Brett Kunkel from Maven. Brett, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Yeah, so glad we get to uh, reconnect, Robbie. Yeah, we've known each other. I was thinking about this. We did that mission trip uh, to Berkeley in 2013. That was a long time oh, ago. Man. Yeah. Yeah, gosh. And we did, we did, we did we do two trips together? Did we do a... No, we just, we did the one. And we then, did the one. Uh, we wanted you to do Salt Lake with us, but you were already booked. And so you just helped me get some oh, contacts right. there and we did it. Yeah, we did it without that's you. We right. missed you, but it was, it was an awesome trip. Yeah. Well, that's actually that I, I get, I get so uh, excited to hear about student or groups that will go and do those trips on their own. Cause that mm-hmm. eventually that's, that's the goal is multiply this thing. So definitely. Well, Hey, before we get started and talk about all the exciting stuff that God's doing with Maven and with your book, um, we always start our, our podcast with a coffee tip. And so what we're doing is we're asking our guests to talk about what kind of coffee they like, why they like coffee. And so just right off the bat, I want to make sure you're a real Christian and you like coffee. So Brett, do you, you like coffee oh of, of course anyone yes. who follows anyone who follows jesus amen is, is that's what i've been to. saying for years people are yeah. trying to tell me jesus didn't drink coffee uh and there might hey, be some truth to that but yeah you know hey if there if there are uh you know christians out there that don't drink coffee then we are instructed to bear with the weaker brother or sister <laughs> exactly. so hey yeah you know we'll, we'll bear with them but we'll try to lead them in the way exactly uh, it takes a lot of patience but so you like coffee that's good uh, what kind yeah. of coffees are you drinking lately well, I, um, uh, we, we've been doing pour overs mm-hmm. at our house. We've gone to pour overs and, and using the French press coffee machine, thrown it out the door. We're done with coffee machines. And so I've been doing uh, a lot of pour overs. I, I don't know. I go back and forth between the pour over and the French press, Yeah, but I've, we've kind of, you know, we've kind of, I don't know, perfected the, uh, the pour over method. You know, you got to get the water at the right temp. It's got to yep. be about one ninety five. 200 um you you i always you when we use a filter for the pour over we always run water through it once so kind of get some of that 
filter dust out of it. Uh-huh. Um, you got to do it slow, pour, you know, do a little pour over, let it bubble up. And then uh, you can't just put the whole, all the whole, all the water in it once. And I'll do typically like a heaping scoop or heaping tablespoon mm-hmm. for every four ounces nice. of, of water. So that, that Dude, you're a connoisseur. People out there are thinking, what is a pour over? What is going on with this, right? <laughs> and we've talked a lot about French press and we give, we've given so many tips about coffee away and how to make good coffee. Um, but yeah, pour over is awesome. And do you find that taking the time to slow down and to, to craft something beautiful really pays off when, when it comes to the taste? Oh, yes. Uh, no question about it. That's why we dumped our coffee machine because, I mean, that was easier and faster, sure. but nowhere near the quality, the the taste, the the, the texture, the richness. Mm-hmm. So, no, I've, 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 I've made it to some, you know, at least some higher level of coffee nirvana. That's awesome, man. I'm glad. I'm really glad for you. There's enlightenment to be had when you drink coffee the proper way. Yeah, we should actually probably take a moment right now and pray for our, our uh, weaker <laughs> brothers and sisters. Yeah, see, that's the difference between you and me. I don't even know if I want to pray for them. That's uh, <laughs> you're more benevolent. Uh, anyway, uh, I was actually thinking about the first time I met you. Um, my one of my leaders here, Jeff, and I drove out to California to talk with you about going to Berkeley, and we met at your house, your old house in Newport. Uh, when you were living right there by the beach. Oh, yeah. And um, we met, and you guys had us in, and I think Aaron even made us some uh, muffins of some kind. It was awesome. But we asked you a question. We said, hey, where can we get a good cup of coffee? And you told us, you said, hey, Keen Coffee is really good, and it's not very far from here. And uh, right after your house, we went up there, and I love that place. I was actually drinking out of the coffee mug I got. I still have it. I haven't broken it uh, yet, which is amazing. But yeah, so um, fond memories of you suggesting great coffee, which was awesome. See, coffee coffee fosters strong relationships. <laughs> that's right. We've been bo- we've been bonded ever since. <laughs> yep, yep, that's exactly right. So, anyway, well enough about coffee. Let's move on to talking about what you've been up to lately. So, I've got your book here in front of me, A Practical Guide to Culture: Helping the Next Generation Navigate Today's World. And you co-wrote this with John Stone Street from the Colson Center. Uh what were some of the reasons that led you to write this book? Yeah, I have five reasons. Okay. Five reasons. Um, Alexis, Micah, Paige, Ella, Jonah. Those, <laughs> those are my five kids. Yeah. And, you know, they're the kids that God has entrusted me with primarily to disciple, to raise up in this culture, and then ultimately to send out to be, to be missionaries to this culture. Mm-hmm. And um, so really my own children, my own experience as a parent uh, really motivated me because I know the challenges and, and I'm on top. I, I mean, for, uh, I mean, I don't want, I'm not saying this pridefully, but that's part of my job is to stay on top of the culture. Yeah. It's, to, it's to constantly look at the different currents of culture, the different trends and to help my kids navigate it to, to anticipate what's coming at them. So I, I feel like I'm, you know, especially compared to a lot of parents, I'm on top of this because this is what I'm doing as a job. Mm-hmm. And so I was also motivated to to help equip uh, the church because unfortunately, what I've seen is that the culture influences the church more than the church influences the culture. And mm-hmm. so because of that, we're we're losing our kids to the culture. Yeah, definitely. Well, and, and as you know, I've read this book a few times now. It came out. When did it come out? It came out a while ago. Uh, 20 summer, 2017. 
That's right. So I've I've read this. I've bought copies and given it to parents, handed it out to a lot of guys uh, that that I know. It's just so beneficial. Um, but as I was reading it, I really thought it was interesting. So Stone Street takes care of like, uh, what is culture and how does it work and how does it influence? And then you, uh, talked about these waves of culture, uh, that, that we experience now currently. Can you kind of walk us through some of the cultural waves that we need to learn to navigate? Yeah. Well, let me step back and say that we're very purposeful in how we organize the book. Cause I think oftentimes, what we want to do is an issue rises up in the culture or there's a particular challenge and we simply go and try to address the challenge itself. What we wanted to do in the book is say, hey, there's not just these individual issues we need to address, but there's actually a whole approach uh, to parenting and and to the Christian life. And it it really, for us, uh, is a worldview approach. So these issues are addressed in light of a larger worldview, a, a mm. larger picture of reality. And so that those first two parts uh, of the book, especially uh, the, the first section, really tries to help lay that out. And so then we come to the third part of the book, which is the waves. And, uh, you know, in the second part, it's the, the, the currents. So these are the kind of the things underneath the water. Mm-hmm. The waves are the things that we see. They're the visible things. These So these are the issues in culture that are front and center uh, on our, you know, computer screens or TV screens on mainstream media, uh, news outlets, all that. So this is gender identity. This is um, same-sex marriage, uh, homosexuality, uh, entertainment, those kind of issues. Those are the waves that are just pounding away at our our kids and that are very, very visible. And unfortunately, a lot of our kids just are not equipped. So that's But we want to step back, though, and say, hey, in order for me to properly address these, I've got to put these issues in this larger worldview that actually will help to make sense of it. Because I think oftentimes our thinking is very disconnected from the larger story of Christianity. And uh, um, and so therefore, it, it. when we when our thinking is isolated on these particular issues, it really keeps us from bringing kind of coherence to the issue and really understanding it in very deep, deep and thoughtful ways. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's kind of the background. And then we get into, I mean, the particular issues and the first four, what some people refer to as the pelvic issues, right? These are issues (laughs) having to do with sexuality. So addressing pornography, which is just, uh, I mean, I, I don't even know how to adequately capture the the gravity of the problem when it comes mm-hmm. to to pornography and when it comes to our kids and uh, in fact i was just talking to some friends who have a son who's similar to my son's age he's eight years old and uh, their son was at an extracurricular activity and a little an older boy 11, 12 years old, has his iPad in front of him. He's looking at pornography. This little eight-year-old comes up behind him. He's like, hey, what are you looking at? And he sees he sees uh, an ep- a, a scene where uh, there's oral sex happening. Oh, man. Eight years old. He was he didn't go looking for this. It just, it, it's looking for him. Yeah. And uh, so that's, I mean, that's where we we have got to address that particular issue because it is it's predatory pornography is predatory it's coming for our kids and um and given the the 
the technological age we live in, there's just no hiding from it. So there's the, you know, the issue of porn, there's the hookup culture, which we uh, address and casual sex that, I mean, just, you, you know, you put that hand in hand with uh, the porn epidemic yeah, and um, you know, it's out of control. You've got, uh, we address same sex uh, orientation and really trying to help parents and kids navigate the, the celebration of the gay lifestyle in the mm-hmm. culture and the, our kids going to school. I mean, here's the challenge is that it's not just an issue. It's their friends. It's personal. So they've got a friend who's uh, same sex attracted at their high school or at their junior high mm. uh, or, you know, chapter 11's on gender identity. They got a friend who's transitioning, mm-hmm. going through the transition and everyone in the school celebrating it. And it, 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 what's interesting is that kids report that when they, uh, you know, announce uh, that they're, you know, identifying as the opposite uh, gender or they begin to transition, they actually become more popular. Right. So, <laughs> Yeah. These these are the kind of things that our kids are having to deal with in terms of kind of issues of sexuality in the culture. Hmm. Um, you know, and then there's we we also address uh not just the sexual issues, but uh, and and just again stepping back, it's so important to take those sexual issues and not just deal with them one one by one, but to put them in the larger context of the Christian story hmm. and this larger picture of what it means to be human. What does it mean to be a man or a woman? You know, uh, what is human nature? And then what are we designed for relationally? And, and to see it all in light of this bigger story of reality that then makes sense of these issues, these other issues and why they're out of bounds for God, you know, and, and, that, um, and that's, I think is the key when we're talking about these things is, you know, so, so often it's easy just to just say, oh, we're against that. No, this is bad. No, this is bad. But when you, when you're talking with students, they they do want to know why they're asking questions like, "What's the reasoning behind that? What's what's why does God say these things? Why is He against them?" And and we have adequate reasons why He's against these things, um, and it's because they're harmful to human beings. And I, I think a lot of people don't take the time to to help kids see the why behind the what. Yes. And when you do that, uh, it makes sense to them. It, it, you know, so often we just want to come across as the authority and say, well, just listen to us and trust us on this. But man, yeah. I didn't do that when I was a kid with anything. You know, I wanted to yeah. know these reasons. And so I really appreciate how you guys do that. You, you, you go back to the why behind what God says and what the Christian position is. Yeah. And I, you know, in each of those sections, we, uh, in chapter or part three, we organized all the chapters the exact same way where we talk about the lies of the culture, but then the, the second section is entitled recapture the wonder of God's mm-hmm. story. So it's not just the no, no, no. It's not just the, uh, the obligation. It's not just the obedience, but it's also try. We, we wanted to, to communicate a sense that God's laws and his commands and his, uh, uh, his plan and his design leads to human flourishing. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's this wonderful thing. And we wanted it to, to we really wanted to help capture the hopefulness of the Christian story and not just, you know, um, just the kind of the grumpy, angry, you know, we're against culture kind of thing or kind of approach, but really, uh, saying, "Hey, there's a beautiful, there's a beautiful picture that God lays out, and there's a way that we're designed to to flourish and to function. And when we live according to God's design plans, um, it 
it creates shalom in our lives. It creates mm. happiness in the deep, uh, deep sense, the ancient sense. And so there was very, very purposeful in, in, in kind of laying that out and, and the approach that we took, um, because we, you know, I, oftentimes the Christian community is very, especially kind of a conservative evangelical community can be very defensive uh, and the posture towards the culture is very suspicious and there's good reason for some sp- suspicion, but we don't want to just be cultural uh, c- critiquers, if you will. We don't want to always just critique the culture. We also want to create culture yes. and we, we have the worldview that should generate in us uh, the, the desire and the abilities to, to create amazing things and then give and, to create really good things and communicate the wonder of God's plan and then uh, give that back to the world. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I I remember reading those chapters and um, it was like, it was pretty horrible to be honest. It was an emotional roller coaster because I'm reading them and it's just like, everything's bad. The world's going to hell. Like it was so depressing. And then you're right. You get to that. Now let's, let's rediscover the wonder that God's created and your spirits get uplifted. And then you end them with practical tips for how you can help your students, how you can help your kids. Um, But man, I remember I got, you know, seeing the pattern, I'd go through it and I'd be like, okay, just know the beginning is going to be really horrible and depressing, but mm. there's good news at the end. So I, I yeah. really enjoyed the book. I thought it was, I thought it was a great way to lay it out. And that's the thing too, is there was so much, so many practical tips involved, uh, in this, um, which, which I appreciated that, um, a ton. So, when it, when it comes to these, especially the, the sexual issues, right, of our culture with pornography, hookup culture, transgenderism, homosexuality, uh, what are some tips that parents could utilize to, to talk with their kids about this, to help guide their kids, to navigate the culture with a Christian worldview and help their kids not, um, not experience these pitfalls that lead to um, um, he, the detriment of a human being but can actually help them see these pitfalls and lead to flourishing? Yeah, well, I think one thing that parents need to do and leaders need to do and pastors need to do is wake up. So yeah. in order to do that, you might need to, to educate yourself a little bit to, to look at uh, some s- different studies out there on the amount of pornography that's being consumed at the age at which the you know a, a kid has his first exposure to pornography. In fact, Josh McDowell partnered with the Barna Group, and they did a, a study called the Porn Phenomenon. And I think they have like a 40-page book on this with their results and, and thoughts on it. That would be a great place to start is just to read that. And we need to wake up on that, the, the issues of, of pornography, but all these larger sexual issues. Mm-hmm. And then I, I would say be proactive. Uh, don't wait for these issues to find your kids. But what we want to do is get to our kids first and teach them not just about pornography, but about the larger issue of human sexuality. Hmm. I mean, this is where we as parents in the church have, we have this, uh, this weird aversion to it as if sex is a bad thing. When we, our kids need to hear us speaking about sexual intimacy and uh, marriage in uh, in terms of its wonder, its beauty, it, the hopefulness it brings. The uh, I mean, we, we have got this amazing gift from God, and we need mm-hmm. to talk about it as such so that our kids then 
when, when we stay away from the issue, then just through that, we teach our kids to stay away from the issue and not talk about it and not bring it up. But I want my kids to hear about God's view of sexuality and God's view of marriage and God's view of relationships and intimacy from me before they ever hear it from the culture. Cause I guarantee you, unless you lock your kid up in your basement and chain them to the water <laughs> heater. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're going to hear it. The, the, they're going to, they're going to get the world's view. Mm-hmm. And so let's first help them understand the Christian view. So we need to be talking about marriage and uh, giving them a biblical view of marriage from the get go. I mean, this is these kind of conversations happen when they're two, three, four years old. When we're talking about just God making us male and female, and Mm -hmm. and uh, that we're made differently, and that marriage is a wonderful thing. And of course, there's age appropriate things, but uh, you know, I definitely want to be the one who leads my kids in the conversation about sexuality. So we we've got to have those conversations. And when you make it part of the culture of your family, then it doesn't become this just weird thing, this one-time talk. You know, it's not the talk. It has to be an ongoing <laughs> yeah. conversation. So I think that's a, you know, a second very practical thing to do. Yeah, um, I think that's great. And just, you're you're right. Like a lot of people aren't proactive, they're reactive. And we need yeah. to get busy with, with doing what God's called us to do, with raising our kids the right way, with raising the kids, you know, in our, a lot of the kids in our church, you know, come from single parent homes. And so they don't have parents that are, that are guiding them. And so as a church body, we can step into that space as well as we can um, yeah. and help guide them and help them see what, what God has designed, especially for, for men and women in, in a marriage and in sexuality. Yeah. And this is where we initiate the conversation. I mean, so that's where I'm asking my kids different questions. I remember my son, Micah, he was, I think he was 10 years old. um, And I wanted to find out, Hey, okay, what's his understanding? So I asked him, Hey, Micah, do you know, you know, do you know what sex is? I'm initiating the, initiating the conversation with him. And it was great at that point. He was, he was clueless, uh, (laughs) thankfully. And he said, Oh yeah, dad, it's, um, you know, on your driver's license, it says sex M and on mom's, it says sex F. So I was like, <laughs> that's oh, praise, awesome. Praise God. Thank yeah. you, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not always the case. It's not always been the case that, uh, but anyway, that the point is we have to initiate those conversations. We, mm-hmm. and when we do that, we, we help our kids realize, Hey, this topic is not out of bounds. I, I can actually have this conversation with mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I think another thing that uh, maybe two more practical things, number, number one for us, parents love your spouse really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, what that you will, you will teach your kids so much about sexuality in the context of relationships, in the context of a loving marriage, just by modeling, uh, loving your spouse, well, being committed to one another. Uh, I mean, the, the, the best, I think the best protection against pornography, against the hookup culture, against the views of sexuality of our culture is a loving, close-knit family. There's no replacement for that. Yeah. And uh, and then secondly, I would say you, you're going to have to, uh, parents are always going to have to be ready to respond with forgiveness and grace. Uh, you, you and I are going to find our kids uh, viewing pornography. Mm-hmm. Some of our kids are going to get addicted to pornography. And we can never forget the gospel. Uh, they're going to battle feelings of guilt, shame, 
It's going to, I mean, it's going to short circuit the relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, there's going to be damage and we have to constantly go back to the good news, um, the forgiveness of Christ uh, that's available <laughs> to all of us. Um, yeah, I think that's a really important point, Brett, like, because a lot of times, you know, parenting strategy becomes how do I prevent my kid from ever making a mistake, especially the big ones, especially the ones that in Christianity were, you know, are anathema to us. How do I keep them from that? Um, and and, and the, but it's such a stupid idea because we know our kids, you know, have sin nature. We know that they're messed up. We, you know, and I, I always pray and I hope that my kids walk more with the Lord than I have in my life. Like, that would be awesome. But they are going to fail. Like, that's reality. And so we need to have a plan for, okay, when they fail, what does grace look like in this situation? Yeah. What, exactly. what, how do I model, you know, God's love and God's justice? And um, I think a lot of times we don't think about that. We're just on the preventative side. Yeah. Yeah, this is... Um... Uh, yeah, I think this is where we, we, we've just kind of made a mistake, uh, just always saying the no and not also mm-hmm. saying the yes. Okay. Yep. The, the no is always a yes to something, uh, something better and more beautiful. Definitely, man. Well, that's awesome. I really appreciate your tips on that. I know a lot of parents are going to get a ton of help from from hearing about that. It's a sticky situation. I mean, it, it is. It's and it's weird. And I don't know if all of our parents modeled it the best, right? So we're we're in a new yeah. culture with this onslaught of pornography. Going, how do I help my kids now? You know, when I was a kid, the internet wasn't even around yet, and now it's yeah. this new thing where you know an eight year old, like you're saying, can be accosted by pornography because some kid has it on his iPad and in a public place so yeah it is a mess um all right well um let's talk a little bit about maven i really want to uh help our listeners know what you've been up to and what your ministry is about and what you guys can offer because we want to resource people with uh, really great ministries so can you give us uh, kind of a, a summary of of why you launched maven what the goal is and how you're reaching people through apologetics yeah you know um the culture is constantly speaking to our kids and it is, it is, it's catechizing our kids. It's systematically teaching our kids a worldview and how to think about all these issues that you and I are talking about right now. And it's, it's trying to offer them a picture of reality. And the question for us is, as parents, as grandparents, as pastors, as leaders, is are we ready for those conversations? And are we able to equip our kids to be ready for those conversations? And what we found is that the typical uh, evangelical parent or leader is just not equipped. And so what we need to do as a church is we need to redouble our efforts to help disciple the next generation. And so that's why we started Maven. Our goal is to, is to number one, help come alongside those young people, help them navigate the culture, help them to know what they believe, why they believe it, and why it matters, how it plays out in every single sphere of life. How does Christian truth apply to everything? Not just your personal private relationship with Jesus, but everything. And then we, the, the, the second goal is to come alongside the people who are discipling young people. That's parents, that's youth workers, it's pastors, it's educators, it's homeschoolers, it's grandparents, it's you know it, whatever, school administrators, mm-hmm. and uh, help them to do the same. Because a maven, the name maven 
uh, refers to someone who's an expert or very uh, someone who's knowledgeable in a certain field and then seeks to pass that on to other people. And that's what we want to do. We want to we want to have a deep knowledge of the truth of Christianity and then pass that on to our young people and pass that on to uh, the church to equip its young people. So that's what we've been doing. We got three main strategies. We um, have a uh, we're developing online resources. And so this second year of our uh, our organization's history we are really put, putting a lot of effort and uh, and trying to raise money to uh, to to build online resources for parents and for young people. And so we're in the midst of trying to redevelop a, a website that will really be a, a tool for parents and young people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have live events, so we do student conferences, we do uh, adult conferences. And uh, then we also do what we call immersive experiences. And those are those mission trips that you and I talked about. We do apologetics trips where this stuff is not just taught in the classroom, but now we help young people see how apologetics serves the gospel, how it serves evangelism. And we do it in real life with real unbelievers. We, uh, we have a theological trip where we take students to Utah and really they get to learn their own theology, the, the great truths of scripture. And then we actually do a worldview road trip where we help young people see how Christian truth applies to every area of life, whether it's politics or economics or art and culture, um, everything. So that's kind of uh, what we've been busy doing in this first uh, year of Maven's existence. That sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> that sounds like a ton of <laughs> oh work. Oh my gosh, it's more work than I've ever done in my life. <laughs> well, but yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, definitely. It sounds exciting. And I I want to plug and and reemphasize how phenomenal these immersive experience trips are. Um to this day, um uh, I have kids talking to me. Um I, I had a kid actually uh 2 weeks ago at church talking to me about the Berkeley trip and about what God taught him on that and what God taught him through the training for that. Um I've heard of kids cuz you you make uh for that trip, I don't know what you do anymore. But back then, you were making people read uh, Frank Turk's book. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Yeah, we still have them do that. So one, so one of the kids, you know, so obviously I made all the kids. They had to buy the book and read it, and we'd go through it. Um, but one of the kids had it on his shelf, and his atheist friend was over, and uh, he gave it to the kid. And the kids like seriously considering Christianity now through reading it. So uh, there's awesome. there's again, it's solidifying our kids in understanding what they believe. And I remember coming back from that trip and and doing our report service here at the church, and the word that kept coming up from all of the students was, "I'm just so much more confident now in my Christianity. I always believed it, but uh-huh. I'm more confident now um, yeah. because." After studying it and after having your feet held to the fire where you're in a conversation with an atheist who knows their position and knows what they're talking about, these kids were seeing that, man, that worldview is really inept and it it doesn't work. It's not cohesive. It's not really livable. It's not logical. Uh Um, And a lot of these kids uh, from that trip, I can only think of a couple who aren't seriously walking with the Lord right now. Um, It's just I can't can't emphasize enough that if you're out there and you're thinking about – Getting your youth group involved in apologetics, hook up with Brett and Maven and check out these trips to Berkeley or to Boulder or to Salt Lake. Um, you will not regret it. They're, they're an amazing experience. Yeah, we're actually uh, in the midst of um, building a trip that's kind of a standalone trip that you don't have to be a part of a group or a church that's already doing one of these, where you, if you've just got a kid that you want to send, um, we're, uh, they can come out to, I think our first one's going to be in Utah this summer. So anyway, come, go to our website. The website's maventruth.com. 
Um, and there's some info there, a uh, place to connect with us there. That's awesome. And you've also got a conference coming up in March. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, the conference is March 22nd and 23rd. It's a Friday night, Saturday. And um, it's in a, a conference. It's for, uh, it's for adults uh, primarily. Uh, and what we're, we're, we're trying to do there is help uh, equip all of those people that I mentioned, parents, grandparents, youth workers, homeschoolers, Sunday school teachers, pastors, Christian educators, mm-hmm. any adult who's in a position to influence kids from zero to 18, uh, we have put together a conference for you to help you uh, do this. And so it's March 22nd, 23rd in Southern California. It's in Orange County, California in Laguna Hills. And we've got a great lineup of of people that have been doing this for years that not only are very thoughtful, but also can offer a lot of practicality and are able to bring those two together. Sometimes you get really smart people who have a hard time landing the plane. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you have people who just, they all offer you all the practical stuff, but they don't give you the necessary foundation to think about these things properly and put them in a larger worldview context. So we've got John Stone Street, who's the president of the Colson Center coming out. Uh, uh, Jay Warner Wallace, who wrote Cold Case Homicide, sorry, Cold Case, he was a former Cold Case Homicide detective, wrote Cold Case Christianity, great apologist, but someone who has been do, training young people for years. Mm-hmm. John, Jonathan Morrow from Impact 360 Institute has done a lot of work with the Barna Group on Gen Z research, and uh, he's going to be out. And then we've got Cindy Rollins, who has been with the Cersei Institute, uh, is uh, just a, uh, a, a great mom who uh, has done a lot of homeschooling and she's going to offer some really good tools for, uh, for parents and in particular moms. Uh, my wife, Erin will be talking about some key things, especially as it relates to younger children and how you bring, um, discipline into a home because discipline is so foundational for discipleship. Sure. Uh, if, if your kids aren't uh, disciplined, then it's going to be, you're gonna have a tough time with, uh, some of the discipleship stuff. Uh, and then we've got a, a youth pastor, Chad Mary, who, who's coming in to do some training for youth workers, a special session for them. Nice. So it's, yeah, it's just a, it's a loaded lineup and it's, it's going to be a great resource. And anyone who is influencing kids, we, I'd encourage you uh, check out the website. It's mavenconferences.com, mavenconferences.com, and they can register there. Awesome. And that's March 22nd and 23rd in Southern California. And if you're in most of the rest of the country that's freezing right now, this will be an amazing time to get away and to warm up a little. But obviously, this is going to be a great conference, great lineup of speakers. You will come away encouraged and equipped to go back and to reach the youth in your life for the Lord and to help train them to follow after Christ. So can't highly recommend getting to that conference more. Can't recommend Brett and what he's doing with Maven more. Buddy, really appreciate all that you're doing. Hey, thanks. And uh, appreciate what you're doing too. It's guys like you kind of on the ground in the churches that really are the key. So uh, we just see our role as coming alongside of you and being your allies. That's awesome, man. Well, you have and, and you continue to. I mean, it, it's it's cool having this book, right? Because I knew you before you wrote it. And now I'm looking at a real book. and I'm like, oh, man, Brett wrote this and he's discipling <laughs> me and I can help Brett disciple other people through getting them this book. So just a really great tool to have. So I appreciate that so much. Yeah. Well, thanks for your partnership, bro. Yeah, no problem, man. Hopefully we can do some more ministry stuff in the future, get some more trips going or something. 
Definitely, definitely. All right, well, thank you so much for joining us today, Brett. Thank you, our listeners, for being with us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. Um, Again, the goal of our podcast is that we want to equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and also to be confident in their faith so that we can go out and we can change our culture and we can reach people with the gospel of Jesus. Thanks for being with us today. We'll catch you guys next week. Wait, hold on. Before you turn off the podcast, we have something very special to share with you. My three kids want to share with you their new memory verses. So first up is Cohen. Go ahead, Cohen. John, uh, John 3, 16. For God did love the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Awesome, buddy. Great job. And now my daughter Greta would like to share with you her Bible verse. First John 1, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And last of all, our daughter Elsie would like to share with you her Bible verse. The Lord is good to all. To all. You have been listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast ministry of Desert Springs Community Church in Goodyear, Arizona. For more information, visit our website at dscchurch.com.